I want to talk to you today about step out. If you have a Bible, turn to Joshua chapter number 3, verse number 8. Joshua chapter 3, verse number 8. The Bible says this, tell the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Now that's key. Go stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, as soon as the priest who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, check this out now, set foot in the Jordan, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap, step out. Now, I want you to notice that God tells Israel. Now, let me paint the picture. They're getting ready to go into the promised land, this land of destiny, this good land that God has prepared for them and promised them. And for them to get to this promised land, there was this Jordan River, this large body of water that they had to cross through to get to the other side. And I want you to notice that God says that step foot in the water, put your feet in the water and when you step out when you step into the water I'm going to do great things I'm going to part the water so that you can go to the other side and fulfill your destiny now I want you to think about this with me just for a moment I want you to notice that if Israel, even though God had promised them this land, he, had, he wanted to do great things in them and through them in this promised land, if Israel wouldn't have stepped out, if Israel wouldn't have put their feet in the Jordan River, they would have never made it to the promised land. They would have never fulfilled their destiny. They would have never be become all that God wanted them to become. And it's the same way with you and I. God wants to do great things in our life. God has destiny for us. God has purpose for us. But for us to fulfill it, for us to see all that God wants to do in and through our lives, we have to be willing to step out to experience all that God wants to do in our lives. I think about my life and all that God has done in my life. And the person that I am today is no doubt because of being willing to step out in faith when I heard the voice of the Lord. I think about almost, really, it was over nine years ago when Tiffany and I were living in Springfield, Missouri, and we heard the voice of the Lord speak to our hearts about starting a church. And we stepped out. We sold our home. We moved to Oklahoma City nine years ago. And we stepped out and started a church called People's Church. And can I tell you, I look back at that experience, and I can tell you that I would not be the man that I am today if I wouldn't have stepped out. I can't begin to explain to you how God has shaped me and changed my thinking 
and changed my heart and given me a heart of compassion. God's done so. I've matured. I've grown so much. But I would have missed out on all that God wanted to do in me if I wouldn't have stepped out. And I think about all that God is accomplishing through people's church and and all the lives that have been changed and all the thousands of people that have been impacted by by the power of Jesus Christ and all the things that God has done through my life and wants to continue to do through my life. I think about I would have missed out on all of it if I wouldn't have stepped out into the water so that God could do great things through through my life and in my life. And it's the same thing with you. Some of you today, God is speaking to your heart. He's saying, I've got more for you. I want to do more in you. I want to do more through you. But for you to experience all God wants to do through your life, on the other side is the promised land. On the other side is the land of destiny. On the other side is blessings. On the other side, God's going to use you greatly. But first, you got you to step out. And what I want to do today is I want to give you three reasons, three reasons we don't step out, three reasons we don't step out. Number one is this, we live by fear and not by faith. We live by fear and not by faith. Let's look back in Joshua chapter number three, beginning in verse number 14. It says, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is, a, is at flood stage. Everybody shout flood stage. That's so key. It's at flood stage all during harvest. The Bible says the Jordan is at flood stage. And God says, I want you to cross it. Now, now that'll put some fear in your heart. The Jordan's at flood stage. And you want us to cross it now? Are you sure, God? Now, now, Lord, I don't think this is good timing. I mean, God, now, I mean, if you want us to cross it, not, not at flood stage, surely. Surely you mean later when the water decreases. And God, I'm thinking when there's a drought and it's down to our knees at least. You know what I'm saying? But you want us to cross at flood stage? And, and the thing that, that, that I admire about Israel is Israel didn't allow fear to stop them from stepping out. The waters were at flood stage. No doubt there were thoughts going through their mind, but they were still willing to step out to experience all God had for them. And friends, many times when God is speaking to us and God is challenging us and God wants to do more in us and through us, many of us, we get gripped by fear and we don't step out. We never step into the river. We never step into what God has for our lives because we can let fear begin to control us. And we begin to ask questions like this. Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if if I fail? What if God doesn't come through? And can I tell you, every one of those questions is rooted in fear. The better question is not what if it doesn't work, but what if it does work? What if God does come through? What if we do succeed? We're going to reach our destiny. We're going to get to the promised land. We're going to become who God wants us to become. We're going to do what God wants us to do. We're going to impact thousands of lives. The question is not what if it doesn't work. That's fear. It's what if it does work. If we step into the water and God shows up big time in our lives. And I want to remind you as a follower of Jesus, we're not called to be people of fear. We're called to be people of faith. We're called to live by faith, but faith in our society is not common. It's very uncommon. Faith in our society is abnormal. 
You know what's normal in our society is fear. You know what's normal in our society is to be driven and make decisions rooted in fear. We're inundated with fear all the time. Turn on the television. Fear. They start feeding on our fear. They start feeding on our emotions. And we're bombarded all the time with fear. Matter of fact, every person in this room struggles with fear, including myself. How many of you, when you check into a hotel room, you go check behind the shower curtain? Huh? Come on, lift your hand up right now and confess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because huh? you thought Freddy Cougar was back there. Get ready to slash you up. Huh? How many, when you check into a hotel room before you go to bed, you, you reach down there and kind of check it? See anything's underneath the bed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, I always check, make sure there's something. I like, I like those hotel rooms when, the, when there's a hard service underneath there. Okay, I'm going to tell you, if there's no hard service, well, I'm going to peek. Oh, yeah. How Jason might be under there. So I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Fear. We, we all deal with it. Now, 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 that's one thing to check in a hotel room, but some of y'all check in your own house all the time underneath your bed. You stop it. You're weird. Quit looking underneath your bed. Ain't nothing about it. Nobody's underneath your bed. Quit looking. Every night you look, quit looking. Fear. How many of you will confess today that before you go to bed, you check and make sure every door in your house is locked? Come on, listen, come on. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. How many turn the alarm on, too? Can you turn? Uh, I'm going to be safe tonight. Fear. I mean, we all struggle with fear, but the problem is this when we start making decisions and living our life in fear, when every decision we make is rooted in fear, because God has not called us to live a life of fear. He's called us to be people of faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 11, in verse number one, it gives a definition of faith. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Verse two says, this is what the ancients were commended for. In other words, this is how the people in the Bible lived, by faith. This is how Moses lived. And Abraham lived, and Joshua lived, and Rahab, and Esther. They, they were commended because they lived by faith. You know what I know the definition of, of fear? It's the opposite of this definition. Fear is being uncertain of what we hope for, and uncertain of what we do not see. And we live like that, it will stop us from stepping into the river and experiencing all that God has for us, faith, being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We're people of faith. Four verses later, down in verse number six in Hebrews 11, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. I begin to examine my own life. I do not want to be a follower of Jesus that displeases my heavenly father. I wonder how, I wonder how many followers of Christ in this place today are displeasing God. Because you're living in fear instead of by faith. And the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Now, now I want you to catch this. The first thing is you've got to believe God exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And a lot of people in, in this place you believe that God exists. You believe there is a God. I, I realize there may be some here that, that, that you, you don't believe that. You're not a follower of God. You're still kicking the tires and checking out this whole thing called following Jesus. I'm so glad you're here. 
that this church is all about that. We want you to go on a spiritual journey. You're welcome here. I want you to, to check out the claims of Christ and, and glad that you're connecting here and, and trust that, that you're going to cross the line of faith and, and begin to serve Jesus Christ. Uh, but, but many in this place, you believe God exists. But, but the problem for, for many followers of Jesus Christ is they just don't believe that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. And it's very evident, by the way, that we live and by the decisions that we make, that, 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 that we don't really believe that God will reward us. And I want you to understand something. I want you to hear my heart right now. God does reward those who diligently seek him. God does reward those who step out in faith. God does reward those who live by faith. The Bible says believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, God is true to his word. He won't leave you hanging. He does bless those who earnestly seek him. I, I like what the verse says in seven verses later. This whole chapter is about faith. And it says in verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. Wow. I read that and I want to still be living by faith when I die. When I get to be in my 40s, I'm 35, be 36 in a couple of months. I want to live by faith in my 50s. I want to live by faith in my 80s or 90s. I want to live by faith. I mean, thank God for retirement. What a wonderful thing. But sometimes the mentality is when I get a little bit older and I get to retirement age, well, I'm done. I want to tell you, no, no, you live by faith all the days of your life. We're called to be people of faith. As long as there's breath in your body and blood running warm through your veins, we're called to be people on the edge and living by faith so that God can do great things in us and through us. I always want to pastor this church with faith. I don't want to start getting comfortable and saying, oh, well, we're, we're, we're going to run, run 5,000. Let's just, let's relax. Now, oh, man, we're running 10,000 and God is blessing and lives have been changed. Let's stop living by faith. No, 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 no. As long as people's church is here, I'm the pastor of this church. We're going we're gonna to walk by faith. We're going to live by faith. There's more that God wants to do in us and through us. We're called to live by faith as we get ready to launch this second campus. We're doing it in faith. God's going to do great things through us as we step out in faith and watch him supply as we get ready to make one-year commitments to the Lord and begin some for the first time to tithe and many giving miracle offerings. I want you to know God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and we cannot live our lives by fear. And friends, if we don't put fear in its place, it will take over our place and stop us from reaching our destiny. Number two is this, a second reason we don't step out is we want God to do miracles first. We want God, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse my voice today. We want God to do miracles first. Joshua chapter three, verse 15 and 16 says this. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as I like that. It's at flood stage, yet as soon as the priest, there was no fear. It's at flood stage, but we're still going. As soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from the upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. God told Israel to step in the water. Then, catch this. Then he would do a miracle and part it. 
But oftentimes we want God to do miracles before we step out in faith. But God rarely, if ever, works that way. Can I tell you, that's not faith. God, you part the water, then I'll step out. That, that's, not, that's, not, that's not faith. And so many people, so many people, and some of you today, you're missing out on all that God has for you on the other side because you won't step out in faith. And friends, can I tell you what happens to so many people, even a lot of churches, is they're at the Jordan River and they spend all their time dancing around the bank, doing all the Christian talk. God is good. God is able. God's a miracle worker. God will supply Jehovah Jireh. I mean, they're, they're talking all this talk and dancing and shouting and thanking God. But the problem is you're not on the other side. You're still at the bank of the river. And we want to dance. Oh, he's faithful. Oh, God is. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come, get in the water. Why are you dancing and talking about that he's able and talking about he's a miracle worker? Step in the water. You know how we justify it? I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm just, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And, and when God shows up with his power, I'll step in. I'm waiting on the Lord. But perhaps you're not waiting on the Lord. The Lord is waiting on you. Because when I read my Bible, you step out first. Then God does miracles. I look at, I look at Moses. Moses put the staff out and then I'll part the Red Sea. I look at the widow woman who, who, who God said, listen, feed the prophet Elijah first. I know you got just a little meal and a little oil to make one little patty pancake, but feed the prophet first and then God supplied all of her needs when she stepped out first and fed her and her son for over two and a half years. I look at, at, at Israel and God said, listen, march around the walls of Jericho. They marched and then they shouted. Then the walls fell. They stepped out first I look at Peter Peter you want to walk on the water well first you got to get out the boat I'm not turning this stuff into ice get out the boat and you'll walk on the water you step out then God shows up I look at the little boy who Jesus used to feed five used his lunch to feed 5,000 people not counting women and children little boy give your lunch to Jesus and once you step out Jesus multiplied it and fed over 5,000 people you step out then God steps in that's the way it works Throughout the journey of People's Church, it's been stepping out. When we moved here nine years ago, God didn't provide a miracle first. We stepped out and started meeting at the Quell Springs Mall in the AMC Theater. And 65 people showed up, cousins and uncles and aunts, my daddy, Tiffany's daddy and mama, and began to run 40 and 50 people. But we stepped out, and God began to bless. The church began to grow, and lives were changed. And grew to four or 500 people, 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 and we, people, and we, we bought this land. Can I tell you, the people didn't show up first. How many people were there? None. None of this was here. It was empty. But we stepped out in faith. We built a facility. And God showed up with his miraculous power. And literally thousands of people have come. And their lives have been changed because we stepped out at first. And then God began to supply 
his miracle working power. When we go to Midwest City, so pastor, any miracles over there yet at People's Church? Not at all. It never has worked that way. I can't find it in the Bible. No, you step out first in faith. You step out. You, you, you do what God's telling you to do. And then God shows up with his miraculous power and lives are changed. And God has to the church. But first you step out and then God steps in. And so many people miss out. Dancing around the Jordan. Talking about how good God is. And they never become what God wants them to become. And they never do what God wants them to do because they won't step out first and then watch God do miracles. Number three is this. There's a third reason, a third reason people don't step out. Number three is we want to know how it will all work out first. <laughs> we want to know how it will all work out. Notice this in Joshua chapter three and verse 17. It says the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, stood firm on dry ground. I find that interesting in this one verse. It points out this twice. Stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. And so many people never step out because they want to know how it's all going to work out before they ever step out in faith. And can I tell you that Israel, they didn't know how the water was going to part when they stepped out in faith. I mean, now God, before we step out, I need a scientific understanding on how this water's going to part. It's a little scary now, Lord. They didn't know. Matter of fact, they didn't even know they were going to walk on dry ground until they started to walk on it. Now, now God, now, I, I really don't want to get my feet muddy. I got my babies with me. They're not as strong as I am. And this, this, this river and all that mud underneath there, God, how they're going to walk through with, with mud and up to their ankles. How's that going to work? God, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't see how it's going to work. They didn't know how that was going to work. I mean, they didn't know how long the water was going to stay parted. I mean, God, how long is this water going to stay parted? Hour and 10 minutes? Give me a time frame, God. I mean, can you imagine the priest? The priest had to step in first with the Ark of the Covenant and the water parted. And then the Bible says they stood in the middle of the Jordan River while the rest of Israel walked through on dry ground. I don't know about you, but if I'm the priest, God, I had to step out in faith first. Why do I have to go last now? You might change your mind and that water might come back on me now. I think I want to go ahead and go first. They didn't know how it was going to work out. Matter of fact, when they got through the Jordan, they had no idea how they were going to conquer the cities. They had no idea how they were going to defeat the enemy and take over the promised land. Matter of fact, God tells them when they get to the other side, he says, march around the walls for six days, once a day. On the seventh day, march around seven times, shout, and then the wall will fall. And he told them this on the other side of the Jordan, because if they would have known this on this side of the Jordan, somebody would have said, I'm not going. What do you mean the wall is going to fall? How? Okay, I, I get you going to part some water. But how are you going to make a wall fall by shouting, God? Can I tell you what? God doesn't show us the whole picture because most of us aren't mature enough and have enough faith to know how it's going to all work out in the end and still follow God. So all God does is show us the next step. Boy, put your foot in the water. That's all you worry about right now. Put your, when we get to Jericho, we're worried about that. Right now, I said, put your foot in the water. I'm going to pop the water and you walk through on dry. That's what you're worried about. All God gives us is the next step. You'll be obedient to step into the water. Then God shows up. But we want to sit around calculating how it's going to all work. I don't know how it's going to all work out. That's not my job. My job is to step out in faith 
And can I tell you something about our Heavenly Father? He always rewards those who earnestly seek him. God didn't bring you this far to leave you hanging. He didn't bring you this far to embarrass you. He didn't bring you this far to make you look stupid. He didn't tell you to step out in faith so you could look like an idiot. That's not our heavenly father. He says step out so he can show up and show off. He said step out because he's faithful. He's a provider. He won't leave you hanging. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Step out because I'm faithful. You can trust me. I got a good track record. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, because today, <clears throat> as a church family, we're going to be stepping out to see God do greater things to this church. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 11, verse 24 and 25, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. He said, Herbert, how does that work out? <laughs> I don't know. But I know the principles of God's word are true. And I know from my own life that being generous, God takes care of the generous person. And some of you for the first time, and I'm so excited for you, are new believers. And some of you have been in church maybe for years and never stepped out in faith and trusted God. You're going to begin to start tithing. And I'm going to tell you, God will bless those who honor him and honor his word. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Some of you are going to be started giving, some of, some of you for the first time, over and above the tithe, offerings. And I want you to know that God, when you give freely to the Lord, that God will bless your life. Today, we're going to be receiving a miracle offering so that we can get Midwest City done by August and get moved in there to see more changed lives. And as we honor the Lord, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly. Another is stingy. Another wants to try to figure out how it's going to all work out before they do anything. Another holds on to what they have but comes to Poverty. And I want you to notice verse 25. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And it's so true. As we're generous, God's going to bless us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. Some of you, you don't even understand how, but as you step out, the provision of the Lord, because when we step out, God shows up. He performs miracles. He works on our behalf. But what I want you to notice is the Bible says he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And we love that part that we're going to be refreshed, and it's true. And God will take care of us, and God will provide for us, and God will bless us. But I want you to notice that through our generosity, others are going to be refreshed. Can I tell you, that's what this is all about, is other people are going to be refreshed. And their lives are going to be changed by the power of Jesus Christ. We're going to see people come to know Christ over in Midwest City, Dell City, Spencer, South Oklahoma City. Lives are going to be changed. People are going to be set free from addictions. Kids and teenagers are going to come to Christ and be discipled and begin to grow in the things of God. Can I tell you, other people are going to be refreshed because of our generosity. And the bottom line in this church is more changed lives. Jesus changes lives. Last week, we did the cardboard testimonies. And I want to give you some inside scoop of one of the lives that has been transformed here at People's Church. Check out this video. I got involved um, sexually at a young age of 16. And um, at that time, I guess I was searching for love in all the wrong places. I guess I never felt like I was receiving love from a man. A lot of times I just felt like, you know, I'm not getting it here and I didn't know God. So 
you know, there, there has to be somebody else out there. So in um, 2006, Mom, Pam, Pamela and Stephen Gaines, they've been here for a long time. Um, they invited us to People's Church and we were like, okay, we'll come. And we came a couple of sermons and um, it was awesome. You know, the first day that we came, the greeters were in the parking lot, you know, and flagging us down and waving and smiling. We're like, oh, hi, you know, and then we're coming inside and they're, how are you doing? I'm like, hi. I've never seen that before in any of the churches that I've ever been to. So through then up until maybe um, uh, from 16 till maybe 2008, I had a uh, was still doing the same things, you know, but the word was kind of sticking a little stronger since I've been going to people's church. When I'd listened to sermons and I was still involved in engaging in sexual activity, I condemned myself, basically. I felt guilty. I felt like, you know, very, very strong tugs in my heart. It was conviction. It was really God just pulling at my heart, and it got stronger and stronger as the days went on. I was in pain and it was just a lot of things going on with me so I went to the doctor um, and at that time I was still sexually active in that current state so um, I went to the doctor and they checked me out ran tests and blood work and um, I contracted um, two curable STDs. It was just a breakdown moment. I, I couldn't believe it. I just didn't know where to go at that time and then I thought of my friend and I called her and she just decided to pray for me. and. Um, you know, from then on, I just, I said, it's, it's got to, I have to change. And I knew God was tugging on my heart like it's time to give it up. God wanted me to come to him. And that was the time that I recommitted my life back to Christ. Last Sunday, we did the cardboard testimonies. It was just an amazing feeling. I don't have time to maintain these regrets. It, you know, it, it, it stood out and it fit perfectly, you know, with what's going on now and what happened then, you know, and I was very regretful of everything that I, that I did, but, you know, now I do understand that, you know, forget about it. You know, it, it's been washed away as far as the East is from the West. I've been redeemed, I've been repurified. It's, it's just amazing what he's doing in my life. And that awesome, amen. God's changing lives, so awesome. Ushers, you can begin to hand out the commitment cards. And you know what's so awesome about that story is it's the heart of this church. She started coming in 2006 and went on the spiritual journey. I wish everybody was transformed day one they come. But we love and we care and we reach out and we minister. In 2008 was a breakthrough moment. Today, she's living pure and honoring God. Just, just awesome what God is doing through our church. As they're handing out the commitment cards, let me say to all of our guests, please don't feel obligated or awkward today. This is a moment for our church to step out to see more lives changed. We're not asking you to make a commitment to be involved in this. You can pray with us. You can watch with excitement what God is doing through this church family our heart to reach our city because we could coach, we could take it easy, but God's called us to live by faith to see more changed lives. As you get the card, all of our regular attenders, there are some commitments here that we're all making. Some of you are not tithers 
And that's where it begins for you. The first box is passed. I'm going to commit to tithe. I'm going to commit to first fruits, not to give God what's left over, but to give the first 10% off the top in honor of the Lord. I'm making that commitment, Pastor. For some of you in this place, your commitment is you're already a tither, and God is calling you to step out and begin to give over and above the tithe. Offerings to this dream so that we can see Midwest City renovated. It's about $1.5 million if you're new with us today. That's what our church is striving for, to get that place renovated. The lights, the sound, the AV, the walls, the paint, the floors, everything we have to get done there so that we can begin to see more changed lives through that tool there at Heritage Plaza. So we're going to be praying about that and making commitments today. In the, in, in the box there, if you're making a, a one-year goal above the tithe, you're going to write it there in that my one-year faith goal. Just write it there. You can let us know if you want to give that weekly, monthly, one time. Fill out the information there. And then I want us to pray in just a moment. And I know many of you have prepared a miracle offering to give today. You say, Pastor, why the miracle offering? If you're new with us today, well, a miracle offering is we want to get that building done ASAP. And so we don't want the progress to stop. We've already started renovating. We want to move forward. And the dollars up front are helping us to keep the project going so that we can get it renovated and everything done so that we can move in and in just the next few months to see more lives changed if you're not prepared to give today you can leave today and hop online as the lord leaves you give a generous gift online you can mail it in this week if you'd like uh, you can you didn't know about the commitments today you can take this home pray about it you can bring your miracle offering and commitment card next week as well but we want to make commitments to the lord and give generously above the tithe to see more changed lives